Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. And then Enoch appears in the New Testament in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, verse 6. And it says in verse 5 of Hebrews 11, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And Enoch is a really interesting character because he's not in the book of Hebrews because he built something that was extraordinary. He's not in the book of Hebrews because he built an ark or, or like Solomon built the temple or like David who had incredible um, victories and extended the kingdom. He's not in the Hebrews 11 because he pioneered particularly anything. Um, what he's known for is the simplicity of a faithful walk with God. That's what Enoch is known for, that he faithfully walked with God. And then something that God did to him was that he didn't experience death. But Enoch is essentially famous in, in Genesis 5. It says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. So Enoch simply believed a couple of things. He simply believed that God exists. It says he pleased God. He believed that God exists and that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And it's not saying that he just simply you know we have those conversations with people don't we maybe at work at school wherever we are and we have those kind of philosophical conversations that say do you believe god exists and then one person says yeah i think he it, he must exist and the other person says maybe he doesn't it's not just that enoch had an idea that god exists he 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 understood something of who god is he believed that god was good he believed that gen god was generous he, he believed that the revelation of God's nature, he believed that God is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. He had an understanding in his faithful walk with God that walking faithfully with God was worth it. That's what pleased God, that Enoch got up every day with the simple, simple desire to walk with God. That was his goal, because he believed that in walking with God, there was great reward great benefit and it was a great uh, privilege to walk with God but then he's walking with God he's getting up every morning and his vision statement is this his goal in life is this today I'm walking with God it just says in Genesis Enoch walked faithfully with God and then he was no more 
Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a complex life, complex goals. He gets up in the morning, says another day, I'm walking faithfully with God. And then there was one day that he got up and said, I'm walking faithfully with God. And he's suddenly transported to heaven, that he skipped death. I mean, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think I can, I mean, Elijah, I guess, was taken up in the chariot, but skipping death is, is pretty phenomenal. It, <laughs> you know, it's one of the, 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 the great guarantees on life is people are gonna die. Um, Woody Allen, the famous actor director said, I'm not scared of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. So uh, the death is a reality, but not for Enoch. He got up, he faithfully walked with God, and then he skipped death. And no one had done that before. It's not that there was a new kind of movement on the earth called pressing to skip death movement. This was unprecedented, unheard of, significant so significant that it's mentioned in hebrews 11 and it doesn't say that enoch worked for it he didn't think you know what if i'm faithfully walking with god every day i'll probably skip death he didn't dream about it he didn't ask for it he didn't imagine it he didn't consider it even was a possibility he simply lived with an expectation of God, that God is good, that God is generous, that God is a rewarder, that the best thing you can give your life to is simply loving God, walking with God, trusting God. That was his only priority. In other words, every day he got up and said, you know what, today I'm going to bank on God. I'm going to trust God. Jesus is asked in John chapter 6, Tell us the works that God requires of us. And Jesus says there's only one work, and it's actually this, to trust in the one the Father has sent. Another way of saying that would be relax in the one the Father has sent. He's got it covered. He knows what he's doing. He's faithful. Bank on him. He is the rewarder of those who faithfully walk with him. So Enoch got up every day and said, you know what, I'm going to bank on God's word. I'm going to trust on God's word. I'm going to depend on who God is. I'm going to relax in who God is. I'm going to walk with God. And God says it's that kind of simple relaxing in God that is a faith that pleases him. I mean, sometimes we wrestle, don't we? And uh, with thoughts like God would be pleased if I built something significant or did something significant or um, God would be pleased if I had a particular outcome in the world or God would be pleased if at work I raised the dead or if at work I prophesied over everyone then God would be pleased with me actually God is pleased in the simple relationship that says father I know who you are and I know you're good and today I'm going to bank on you. I'm going to relax in you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm just going to walk faithfully with you. And even that isn't a work because Hebrews chapter four says Jesus is the author and the perfecter of the kind of faith that pleases God. It's like, you know, have you ever done this with your kids? They're going to buy a Christmas present for one of the people in the family. 
and you give them the money to go and buy the present and then they go off to buy a present for someone with the money that you gave them and then on Christmas you chap and cheer as if they were the initiator of the resource to buy the present and, and, and God is the one who births faith Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God that you hear the word of God and it births faith Hebrews 4 says fix your eyes on Jesus and he will perfect your faith and offer your faith he is the author and the perfecter of faith and that's what Enoch did each day I'm walking with God I'm fixing my eyes on God we please God not by being fixated or preoccupied with ourselves we um, please God not by measuring our spiritual moral muscle and uh, and seeing if we're improving we please God by being preoccupied with God friends Christianity is not a self-improvement project it's not that God awakens us and makes us born again and then steps back and says if you want to please me improve your life and uh, and improve who you are we don't we don't please God by fixing ourselves. Yeah, you don't need a way to the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Life comes as we simply, faithfully walk with God. There's a, an awareness in this that we just say, you know what, I can't fix myself. I'm intrigued by the first three steps on the AA program and listen to these first three steps because I think it sums up the work of faith it says we have admitted that we are powerless over our addiction we could replace that and say you know what I was powerless over my sin nature and actually I'm powerless sometimes God over the impulses of the flesh and then it goes on to say that we admit that our lives had become unmanageable so there's a recognition in coming to Christ. You know what? I can't fix myself. I can't sort myself. This, the, 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 these things are too overwhelming. I need a rescuer. I need a savior. I need someone. Step two, I've come to believe that a greater power than myself, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, God the Father, I've come to realize there's a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. That's Jesus. I'm coming to walk faithfully with you because you are that power that's higher than I. I've come to fix my eyes on you today because you can restore me to the full expression of what it means to be human. Step three, I've made the decision to turn over my will and my life to the care of God. So, we recognize, you know what, I can't fix myself, but there is a rescuer, there's a savior, there's one who came from heaven to earth to reveal the Father, to bring us home, because we needed rescuing. We needed rescuing. We've come to understand there's a power greater than ourselves, and that's the goodness of God, the power of God, the very nature of God, who is a rewarder, and we've come to depend on him. Enoch was a man who walked faithfully with God. Enoch was a man who walked faithfully with God. And so there's power 
in surrender. There's power in dependence, dependence upon, and there's power in the recognition that he is able to lead, guide, direct, and keep us on track. And so we're not preoccupied with ourselves. Coming to Christ is a little like this. We've decided to walk Mount Everest or climb Mount Everest. And so we realize that as people who do not know how to climb Mount Everest, we need a local person, what they call a Sherpa, to lead us up the mountain, to lead us, to guide us, direct us. As Remy was saying, give us wisdom for today. We, we need someone who's going to show us the route and show us where we put the cleats and show us how we get over and traverse certain places and show us how to get to the summit. But some of us live our lives like this. We say, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. And then the Sherpa Jesus turns up and says, you know what? I'm the good shepherd. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to show you how to navigate this. And then we say, get out of the way, Sherpa Jesus. I know how to get up this mountain. We try ourselves. Walking faithfully with God is the recognition that we don't know very much at all. We are like Psalm 23. We are sheep who are prone to wander and fall into ditches. We need a good shepherd who by his staff will lead us. Jesus is the good shepherd who leads us, as it were, up Everest and shows us where the pitfalls are and shows us how to navigate the tricky areas and shows us how to work our way up. And God is this wonderful leader, guide, director, shepherd by being incredibly satisfying. And I think Enoch must have been wonderfully satisfied by God because it says for 300 years he walked faithfully with God. Jesus said to the woman at the well, I've got water that you don't know anything about. I've got water that can quench your thirst. I've got water for you. Jesus said, I'm the bread of heaven. I'm the one who can satisfy your belly. Jesus is like this beautiful spring of water that every morning you wake up and he's not got diminished or less and you show him off and you please him by kneeling down and drinking from him. That's how we honor God. That's how we glorify God. That's how we worship God in all of our lives, in all of our situations. We kneel down and drink and say, you are the source that I need. Um, I'm gonna show you off by kneeling and down and drinking. We don't show off the glory of a spring by carrying buckets of water and topping the spring up with our efforts. We glorify a spring by kneeling down and saying, you are the satisfaction that I long for. Today, I'm walking faithfully with you. Today, I'm trusting you to lead me, guide me, direct me, to show me how to navigate life. I'm kneeling down to drink from you. We were created to live our lives in holy dependence upon God. Let me say this, there is no other way for us to navigate life other than yielded, surrendered dependence upon God. We were made to run on God. Nothing else in the created universe will satisfy your spiritual thirst like Jesus Christ will. There is no other way to live. C.S. Lewis put it this way, cars are made to run on petrol. You can, you can put cooking oil in it, say it's a petrol car, you could try and top it up with diesel, but if it's a, 
It's a petrol car, it runs on petrol. You can put other fuel in it and it might bunny hop for a few seconds and you might think you're getting somewhere, but actually you're getting nowhere because you were made and I was made to run on God. And I've said this before, we are spiritual beings and God gives us all things to enjoy. All things are to be enjoyed, marriage, family, work, dreams, ambitions, travel, things, food, entertainment, all glorious things to enjoy. But not one of those things can satisfy the soul in our deep area of our spirit apart from God. Nothing else will. You can think it can be this and that and the other, but it always ultimately leaves us hungry. It's like sometimes we live our lives filling the cupboard with food and every day we go back to the cupboard and the cupboard is bare again and we have to fill it up again. Nothing can fill the place, as Kierkegaard said, that place in us other than God. The gospel is good news every single day. We don't just present to the non-believer that only Christ can fill that space in you. We say that to ourselves every single day. I have a God-shaped space that only God can fill and nothing else in the created universe can fill that space because it was made to be filled by God and by God alone and by that that's how Enoch pleased God that's how Enoch got into the hall of fame and so the overflow to conclude of this kind of relationship this kind of satisfaction with Christ will produce overflow that is beyond your asking, imagining, praying, dreaming, and thinking. As a soul determines to be satisfied by God alone, not as a work, but as a simple fruit that grows through fixing our eyes on Jesus, I, I'm going to prophesy that unprecedented, unimaginable possibilities become reality. And it's not that those become reality because we're kind of saying, I'm using God to get this. As God births in our heart the revelation that only He can satisfy our spiritual thirst, the byproduct, the overflow, is unimaginable possibilities. Don't limit God by what you can ask and what you can imagine. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of faith. And that the more you know him, and the more I know him, and the more I trust him, and the more I believe that he is the rewarder of those who seek him earnestly, the more we depend on him, the more we rest in him, the more God's existence fills our our lives and satisfies our thirst, the more wonderfully and gloriously we'll display the all-sufficiency of Christ to a world that is desperate, thirsty, hungry, and longing. We have a revelation, and that revelation is Jesus Christ. He is God, and he is all-satisfying. So I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to us, I'm coming to Christ today. I'm coming to Christ today again and saying, I'm depending on you. Without you, my life is unmanageable. I need a power that's greater than me. I need one who can lead, guide and direct me into paths of life. So Jesus, I pray more and more, take us deeper 
in this wonderful revelation that you are all sufficient and that you are enough and that you are satisfying. Thank you that this is something you birth in us over time through process. Thank you that it happens as we're renewed and transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thank you that it's a step-by-step -step thing. Thank you that it's as we faithfully walk with you in the next thing and the next thing, trusting you are the great Sherpa who's leading us up the mountain and, uh, and leading us with your wisdom and your capacity. Amen.